Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Hi! Hi. It is absolutely delightful to be joined by the brilliant Kodo Nishimura. Kodo is a Buddhist monk, makeup artist, and LGBTQ plus activist. He rose to fame following his appearance in Queer Eye, We're in Japan, and he was selected by Time Magazine as a next generation leader. And today, he joins us to spotlight his latest venture. This monk wears heels. His very own book released back in February. His mission is to empower all people sharing Buddhist wisdom with a touch of makeup. And I, for one, definitely need some more tips. <laughs> um, so I think let's just jump straight into it. Hello, and thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, welcome to Queer Talk. We're calling you from London, Manchester, and you're calling in from Tokyo. Is that right? Yes. I was just in London for um, a month the entire March I was there and I had so much fun. I did some events at a place called Pantechnicon and mm -hmm. in Belgravia and Mafsenio came to see one of the yes. talks and that's where we met. Yeah, it was lovely to see you talk. <laughs> um, you're so insightful um, and also a great venue as well. Like I personally learned a lot from just hearing your experiences and also Khan as well from uh, Queer Eye Japan was there. And yes. you two both have such great energy as well together. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know how many times you've met previously to that talk, between obviously being on, on Queer Eye and then now, but it looked like you just had natural chemistry together as well. Thank you. But the, the month that you were in London, like you were doing so, 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 so much. Like your Instagram was on fire constantly <laughs> with stories. Like you were busy, you were doing a lot. Yeah, um, I had five events, so that was kind of, somewhat pressuring in the um during the first half um actually some of my friends from uh Barth barcelona spain and morocco came to visit me in london so i went around um to camden high street and um i walked in the park where they have the japanese garden the mm -hmm. famous yes. japanese garden <laughs> and i <laughs> uh, well that's how it looks to me <laughs> and i walked around the big band and the palace and uh soho and the shopping area oh oxford street yes yeah i went everywhere and <laughs> I, I i wanted to try like all the food i had so many pies fish and chips and teas and um sunday roasts it was all incredible the true british experience Mm -hmm. Which is your favorite pie? Mm -hmm. Chicken and mushrooms. Ooh. Good shout, good shout. We approve, yeah. we approve at Queer Talk. <laughs> <laughs> also, when I saw you at the um, the Pantechnicon talk, you said that you were going to like eight or nine West End musicals. Did you manage to do that? <gasps> yes, 
I did. <laughs> so I watched. So I went to see eight musicals, I think. Well, shows Mary Poppins, Six,、um, The Cinderella, Harry Potter, Magic Mike,、um, <laughs> Back to the Future, The Choir of Men, and The Book of Mormon. It's a great one. Oh my God. The Book of Mormon is definitely one of my favorite. Me too. And speaking of Khan,、um, it was my third time meeting him. When I was listening to your previous talks, I know you talked about、um, the situation in Japan, the LGBTQ, how people are perceiving it, and also queer eye going to Japan and trying to, you know, heat things up. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, like you already know. About the people who I talk to, and you, I guess, you have seen me. So I felt some connection、um, with the podcast program as well. So it's such a pleasure to, you know, receive you at the event that I did and also to be here. So yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> that's very sweet. We really appreciate it. I watched everything that you did in London, literally through Instagram stories, because I was like always in the wrong place. But I, I was just like, wow, okay. And the, one of the things that stands out for me is your face. On is just my face. Beat, yeah, it's just beat so good everywhere. I, I wouldn't claim to be any good at makeup. I wear makeup a lot because it makes、mm. me feel really, really good and really powerful. But、mm. um, I've gone from looking like you know a bit of an orange kind of what's it to, to semi getting somewhere. Every time I do my makeup, well, people go, "Oh my god, who did that for you?" And I'm like, "No, no, I did it. I've been practicing."、Um, so I'm, I'm interested to kind of hear more about your makeup journey and, and what inspired you to, to start that. Sure. So since when I was young, I really loved role playing as princesses, Belle and Jasmine and Ariel, like all my favorite princesses from Disney movies. So I was playing with my mother's miniskirt, and we have like a cloth to wrap monk robes. It's like、mm-hmm. a really light, thin cloth.、Mm-hmm. It's almost like a huge handkerchief. So I would wrap it around my head, and I twirled to the song. Bonjour from Beauty and the Beast, and I really、yes. liked how that fabric、um, spun and you know kind of flares in the sky. That was、yeah. my favorite thing to do. But as I grew older, I became very conscious of how the society and people around me perceived me, and became unable to show my true self. And later, when I was eighteen, I went to Boston. I moved to the U.S., and there I met so many. Men who were selling makeup at Sephora and Mac Cosmetics, and that's when I was like, "Oh, maybe here I can express myself. It's okay that I wear makeup." That's how I started to pick up makeup. One time, I was living in a well, living in an apartment with my roommate, and she was having personal problems. Like she said, "Oh, I haven't seen my boyfriend the entire summer, although he lives in the same city." And I was like, "Well, by you." Put makeup without looking at a mirror, and there is a huge gap between your eyeshadow and your lash line, and、uh, you're complaining about your boyfriend not seeing <laughs> you. And I was like,、oh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, can can I help you with the makeup? One night, I did her makeup, and she really lit.、Um, I could see she was feeling, oh, I'm pretty. I could almost hear her.、Um, Hard saying to me, and、mm-hmm. I I was really happy. And what was interesting was that even when she washed off her makeup, her confidence didn't wash off, 
and she started taking care of herself much better. She bought her eyeliner and foundation, and um, she started to look fresher and brighter. And that's when I was like, oh, if I learn more makeup, if I learn not just eyeliner and mascara, but eyeshadow and lips and foundation at the time, it looked so difficult for me. But maybe I can encourage people who cherish me because I didn't have any friends in high school. So anybody who listened, listened to me and heard me was so precious to me. So that's when I was like, okay, um, I want to learn makeup, but is it possible for a man? Because in Japan, if you go to a cosmetic counter, they might, like the clerk lady would, might ask you, is it for your girlfriend or your mother? And I couldn't say that it was for me. And later, when I went to New York,、um, I found a makeup artist who was helping Miss Universe. And a few years back then, in 2007, Miss Japan had won Miss Universe. And I wanted to learn makeup like she did. So that's how I、uh, became a makeup、um, assistant and started learning makeup and started my makeup journey in New York. Amazing. <laughs> It's, re- it's, really, it's really inspiring to hear that it wasn't just about your own journey, but you wanted it as a way to help others as well. I'm definitely not that you know, kind hearted. Everything,、oh. everything I do is for me. But It's okay. I'm, I'm, I've never painted anybody's face. I wouldn't want to hurt them and do, do it like that. I would make them look, <laughs> look worse than before. I remember for one of our shows,、um, we were sat in the、uh, dressing room. And、um, Jason Kwan was one of our performers. And I was like, Oh, can you tell me what color to use? Can you tell me what brush to use? And Jason was like, Do you just want me to do your bloody makeup? Like, why can't,、ah. why, why are you asking me so many questions? And it, they, were, they were just joking with me. But yeah, I think it brings people together, especially, you know, LGBTQ plus people who,、yeah. who are male presenting. It's something that feels wrong. You know, when you walk down the street, people are going to look at you.、Mm-hmm. I love the attention, but obviously that doesn't mean that we're always safe to do that. It's definitely a journey, but the compliments and stuff and, and having, feeling safe and empowered in your own community, at least, is, is very special. Oh, speaking of safe to be us, I know there is a conference called Safe to Be Me happening in、um, the UK soon. Not, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, there, really? was of, there was a bit of drama about that. Oh, I didn't know it, did, it got cancelled. Because、um, there's a campaign in the UK where they, we're trying to ban conversion therapy.、Mm. Like, conversion, try and get gay people to be straight by force.、Um, so, the government was supposed to do that. And then they kind of did a U turn and didn't want to include trans people in that. So, then a lot of LGBT organizations boycotted the conference. And then the conference got cancelled. No. So, so much, so much has happened since you've left London. <laughs> <laughs> Over 100 organizations pulled out because the government were like, oh, you know, there seems to be mixed reviews from the community. Maybe they want conversion therapy, maybe they don't. And then 100 organizations pulled out, and it's like, we are all on the exact same page. It's, your, it's you that's the problem. So、uh, the conference <laughs> has now been cancelled. Part of it is a shame. One of the things I was reading is that a few years ago, someone, I don't, I don't know who they were, Or what their role was, but someone said to the government basically, like, now's your chance as the UK to step up and be the leader for LGBT rights across the world, like, you know, be, be the example that other people can follow. And they kind of said, like, oh, we're going to do this conference in a few years. So all of their efforts apparently 
I do that in quotation marks because I don't think they make very many efforts. Uh, I've been I've been channeled into this conference, and now the conference has been cancelled, and rightly so because they do not represent our views and they do not care about our community. But I think now that's going to be a ploy for them to be like, well, we were going to do something for you, and now we yeah. can't. It you know it will it will be another point the finger at the community rather than at themselves. Can I say two things briefly? First of all, I think it's still not safe to be us.、Um, yeah. Speaking of putting on makeup on a person who was born with a male body, it's intimidating. It, it is dangerous sometimes, depending on where you are.、Um, when I was walking in New York in the Upper West Side area, I was yelled at,、uh, "Are you boy or girl?" Like something like that, and I, I th- you know, I was wearing heels too, so I really felt threatened.、Mm-hmm. I just ignored and you know walked past. But it really is crucial for us to feel safe enough to express ourselves. It shouldn't matter to other people、um, what we are wearing. Like we're not harassing them. It's just we are just trying to feel nice and. Just get on with our day. <laughs> yeah, and the, the other thing that I wanted to say is that does that mean that we can try to convert like heterosexual boys to be homosexual? Like if they if they say it's okay that they do convert conversion therapy, like is it okay that we do some? Like one time I tried to like I really liked a guy, and I he was questioning, <laughs> and I was trying to like doing the conversion conversion therapy so hard, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. I was caressing his、um, shoulders and like reaching out to him, but no, like he just、yeah. moved away and it didn't work. So. I mean, if if they, even if they try, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can't. It's just you're forcing people to repress parts of their personality that are、yeah. in, inherent, and you can't do that. It's really damaging to people. Whichever way you do it, you know, Kodo, I'm sorry. You <laughs> When you're walking through New York and you're wearing heels and makeup, and someone's shouting at you, horrible stuff like、mm-hmm. that. Um, and you, like some people could get angry and shout back, but like I remember in the talk that I saw you、um, at with、um, Khan in London, you were talking about how you have a very complicated relationship with anger and how you kind of you don't you've learned how not to be angry, I guess,、uh, or outwardly angry. Yeah.、Um, First, I was very angry at people who are offending us, but when I think in their shoes, maybe they are. Struggling with something else, maybe. I mean, if they are happy themselves first, then they wouldn't need to、um, make others feel worse,、um, mm-hmm. right? So、yeah. instead of instead of just、um, criticizing them, I think it's a sign that they need help also. So how can we understand them? How can we make things better for them? I think that's a generous viewpoint, and it's very graceful approach that we can take. So when they go low, we go high.、Um, I know it's unfair, but I think that's the respect that I choose to have for myself. Amen. I think I think you're absolutely right. I like you try and see things from both perspectives. Obviously, it's not always easy to do that, especially when you feel threatened or you're in, you know, you're, you you feel like you're in danger. There are so many times, Kodo, where Spencer angers me, and I just have to say, it's not worth it. There's bigger problems in the world, and、uh, <laughs> you are so shady. <laughs> Because getting angry. Um, can hurt you as well. Like it's like almost spitting in the air, and、mm. you are、um, receiving 
like bad effects afterwards yourself. So it's not worth it to get angry anytime. Sometimes it's、um, unavoidable, but、um, it's nice to know and aware, be aware that、um, maybe it's going to come back to me. We spoke about makeup already, but you also are a Buddhist monk. And so I'm interested to see how those kind of things intertwine. And if you've had any critique from the Buddhist community by expressing yourself in, in the way that you do. Yes. I had a lot of critiques only on social media. When、um, some news,、um, for example, like CNN or.、Um, Times they posted about me. There were like so many, 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 many、um, comments like, he's not a real monk.、Uh, next is going to be a bishop porn star. And it was like so funny. <laughs> But、um, the、okay. fact is, they don't know <laughs> they don't know Buddhism nor what it is to be a Buddhist monk. So I had to do a lot of contemplation. But I know for a fact that the real Role as a Buddhist monk is to help people using Buddhist teachings, and I'm doing that. So I was afraid that I might not be welcomed by the Japanese Buddhist community if I were to wear makeup or heels. But towards the end of the training, my master told me that the most important thing that we do is to help people and let them know that we are equally valuable and we can all be liberated. Um, regardless of sexuality, or even if you're a prostitute or criminal,、um, as long as you're faithful, it does not matter who you are. In Japan, Buddhism has kind of adapted to the society, and now Buddhist monks are also doctors, also teachers, and they are wearing watches or scrubs depending on what they do. So, what would be the difference? So, they、um, really accepted me,、um, my sexuality, and also how I express myself. And often the ignorance of people who are mostly, well, outside Japan, who are only aware of the monks in Thailand or Tibet, they might not、um, they might not be familiar with the Japanese trend. But I would like to tell that there is diversity existing、uh, within Buddhism and that we need to keep evolving with the people. That's really great to hear because,、um, like, hearing that. Your journey was overall very accepting within your community and it allows you to continue to hold your culture and your sexuality and your expression all in one place. Whereas a lot of queer people find it very difficult to reconcile these different intersectionalities.、Mm. It's, very, it's very lovely to hear that you've had supportive people and teachers.、Yeah. And I think a lot of the online trolls, they'll, they'll continue to exist and they'll continue <laughs> to hate themselves and they'll continue to be angry at themselves and outwardly angry at other people. But it's, it's nice to hear that the real people in your life are supporting and kind. Yeah. I met so many friends who are in、um, Spain. In the US, who are suffering with religious values and how their family、um, rejected them because of the religion.、Mm. And that I found was not really fair nor nice, which I didn't have to suffer because Buddhism doesn't say anything about LGBTQ people. So if I were to become a religious leader myself, then maybe I can give different advice from the same standing point. And I、yeah. felt that I can be powerful enough to give them a new perspective and you know, make things a little lighter. 
Amazing. I think when it comes to some religions, like me being gay Muslim, I'll get the online hate. But also some people say, like people saying to you, you're not a real monk. Uh, people say to me, I'm not a real Muslim because I'm gay, just, just because I'm gay. Mm. Um, and it's like, but who are you to define Islam or any religion as, as, uh, as also as a flawed person, if you will, because you might be breaking different rules that a you know, strict religion would have. Um, and therefore, like, how are you the gatekeeper of this religion? That's the diff- that's a conversation between me and my belief. Right. But I think what you're doing is very inspiring because um, I'm sure there's lots of LGBT people in Japan who know of you, who see what you're doing and find you as like a, a very good role model to have. I would love to be. <laughs> <laughs> and um, speaking of identity, I think identity is something that we proclaim and not others to define. For example, a mother, if you bear a child, then you're a mother. But if you um, give the child away, maybe you're not a mother anymore or like is the mother who is the person who took care of that baby a mother or can two gay men a couple be a mother figure like i think it's something that we identify ourselves with and it's not for other people to say oh you're not a real mother because you're a man or you're not a mother because you didn't bear the child but i think it's up to us to think and define so it's the same with monks or um, being Muslim, I think if we think we are, then we are. It's a gorgeous analogy about, you know, what make, what makes a mother and what, you know, what makes a, a Buddhist monk is not for anyone else to define, but, but yourself. Right. You know what? This came from a story I saw from a transgender Miss, uh, Miss Universe contestant. In 2018, Miss Spain was a transgender woman for the first time in history. And everybody kept telling her that you're not a real woman. But um, Angela, the winner from Spain, she said, "Ah, soy una mujer, I'm a woman. Um, I was a woman before I was born and I am a woman. Um, I had the um, gender reassignment surgery, but it's just... I, am, I was born with a male body and every woman comes with different stories, different height, different skin color, different mm. um, abilities. And these are all uh, women. And it's not for you to decide if, if I'm a woman or not. I am a woman. So that um, experience. And I did her makeup during the pageant. So wow. as a person who was born uh, with a male body, and dream to become a princess, she made my dream come true. So I was so happy and the cheer for her when she came out was almost like celebrating my identity as well because I'm almost identical to her. So I felt that I don't have to be defined by other people. Um, I'm, I consider myself gender gifted. I'm not only a man or woman, but I'm able to see the world with different viewpoints and I can inspire people to think beyond their gender binary presets. Yeah, I can say that I'm a Buddhist monk. I can say that I'm a, you know, fairy godmother and also a princess. And I think we are all entitled to um, define ourselves as who we want to be. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I guess we can only talk from our own experiences, but I wonder if you have any observations on LGBT life in Japan, maybe for like the average person. Mm, well, 80% of the Japanese people are unable to come out to their workplace, which is really sad. I mm. feel that the society um, is not really understanding nor susceptible for people to come out. I think people really are considered concerned about how the neighbors or the community will think because um, in many media animes and comedy shows on TV, LGBTQ people are per, like, portrayed as perverted or villains in animes when there are when when there are like LGBTQ characters, they are wearing like crazy thongs and they are molesting boys and you know trying to kiss them and so there is an impression that LGBTQ people are kind of malicious. So that's the fear that we have. I really want to inspire people that there is nothing wrong being LGBTQ. I just want to make sure that um, everybody's aware. Um, thankfully, there is a same-sex partnership being implemented in Tokyo. And that is not equal to the marriage, like national um, system, but there is a that, but that is a huge step. So little by little, um, we have to start somewhere. It's interesting you're saying about anime characters being um, like if they're queer coded that they are evil or malicious inherently. And I mean, you clearly said that you're a Disney fan, but it happens in Disney as well, doesn't it? That you have Jafar yeah. and Ursula, and they're very queer coded, but they just are. Their campness is used to portray as like villainy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that similarities are also in like Japanese anime. Or like not the main character. No, I want to be. You know, I want there to be a um, <laughs> hero who is LGBTQ. I mean, Ursula was the real hero in Little Mermaid. She was just like True. iconic. <laughs> I w- I wanted to be Ursula so bad when I was growing up. I was like the the dress, the lipstick, like. She was just, she was just fierce, and like it, it was everything. But you're right, we we're we're almost always villains. I like being a villain sometimes, but obviously you're right. We should be the hero also, right? <laughs> Heroes and role models like Kodo, like Kodo. <laughs> By the way, I did. You know, um, Halle Bailey, who is going to be the Ariel in the new live mm. action Little Mermaid movie. Mm. I did her makeup um, in LA once. No. 
So um, I was able to do make up for Disney Princess and Miss Universe. So I feel that my life is already complete. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay. On that note, in, t- in talking of your life being complete, uh, I think you've already had a great deal of support and success. Um, obviously, with the book, being able to um, meet so many incredible people and put on events, and also through your, you know, your work. I want to know when you think of community, what are more particularly who comes to mind, and how has that journey played out for you in terms of community? You mentioned that you you kind of didn't have friends in school, and now you're surrounded by people who hopefully love you and adore you uh, as as we do. So yeah, how's that journey kind of played out for you? So um, my community, I would say, are is in uh, Spain, Barcelona. When I was 18, I took a trip to Spain. During high school years, I was chatting with this boy in south of Spain on a website called gay.com. Do you remember the gay.com website? No? I don't remember gay. I remember gaydar. I met him online and um, I visited him. And I also um, visited Madrid and Barcelona. When I visited Barcelona... I had another a friend who I, well, he was doing a Japanese um, pop group fan site from Spain. And because I liked that group as well, I met two boys, like one in South of Spain and the other one in Barcelona. And that guy was really, really like cute. Like he had blue eyes and black hair and I was interested and I wanted to see him like alone. But he came with like 10 other friends. And amongst them, there were his ex-boyfriend and ex-boyfriend's current boyfriend. It was so awkward. Like, how do you bring your ex-boyfriend? Is you know, And a uh, weird thing happened, but I really got along with the community. And they took me to uh, gay clubs for the first time. I was 18. And I was so ashamed to say the word gay out loud. But they took me to a club where there is a dark room and, you know, like people with uh, leather suspenders and um, drinking hard uh, liquors. And um, they really showed me the world and they, you know, played with makeup and they did crazy videos and put it on YouTube and wigs and crazy jokes. So they really helped me to be who I am and accepted my craziness so these are the people who i still talk to this is the community that i have you should come and move to europe move to london or spain and be closer to us yeah 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 i'm actually thinking yeah. about going to spain in may and uh july mm. in Lon- uh, july to london M- but i miss london so much i felt that i was really uh, connected to the people um in japan when i talk about identity or LGBTQ rights, people are not really looking to learn as much. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't even dare to show their identity. I don't feel that they are ready or comfortable. And they are always, many of them are really careful and cautious of what other people would think. Whereas in London, I felt that people were more expressive and little careless in a good way. Um, I didn't feel that I was inferior or superior to other people. I was just able to be myself. I can clearly see that you're th- you thrive and London accepts you. And that's probably because you can just kind of, you can let your hair down a bit and, you know, but 
in Japan, I guess if if people are a bit more like reserved, it's it's like it's a, it's a harder battle to win to get people to be more expressive. But that's also where the battles need to be fought in a way because you you want more people to be ex- expressive and、um, be themselves. Well,、um, in Japan, not so many people speak English, and it is an island where other countries are kind of far. So.、Mm. There aren't too many like intercultural, international communication or interactions as much as in London. I feel so people can have really narrow-minded、um, set values. That's and they think that yeah. And I think many of our listeners will remember you from Queer Eye Japan、uh, mm. when you sat down and spoke with Khan about kind of their queer identity and their, their life and like. Being more expressive about themselves, and on、yeah. the episode, and you're so very calm, and you're giving advice, and it was great to see that conversation. It was probably one of the most heartwarming conversations in Queer Eye. Full stop. Oh, thank you. When you're giving advice like that, like what are kind of the stuff? Because we read read in your book as well. Like some throughout your book, you you litter it with advice and good tips, and and you're very you're very wise, I guess. But when you think when you give advice, like what are you mindful of and like? What what kind of goes through your head when you're giving advice to people?、Mm, I remember of my worst times when I was isolated, when I was discriminated, and I tried to empathize with the people who are suffering with the same situation. And、mm. I talk about how I was able to find a hope、um, in that situation. Yeah, that's how I'm able to connect with. People, I think you think about. Oh, thank you.、Um, so Spencer is showing me the book that I issued, issued or published. I'm gorgeous. I I've ordered it too, but I'm I have the shortest attention span of life. Reading books is so difficult for me. I'm waiting for you to release the audio version. If you could just read it to me, that would be gorgeous. Oh, actually, there is so. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no excuse, Spencer. No excuse. No, but I I bought it. The cover, the cover alone gets me. It's so it's so gorgeous. Look at that. Thank you. I'm wearing the same designer as Lady Gaga's Chromatics album、no、cover.、Way. So the thorn that I have on my shoulder is the same as hers. And this monk wears heels is inspired by the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, we've spoken about the Devil Wears Prada a lot. I I wrote most of my essays at university about this film because I was like, I have nothing else going for me. I don't know anything else, so we're just gonna write. We're just gonna write about that. We're just gonna write about Anne Hathaway and Meryl <laughs> Streep. But and and best believe it was the highest grade I got. Okay.、Really? Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is ridiculous. I don't know how I managed to to pull that off. But back to you. This monk wears heels. Tell us about this process. Were you always a keen writer? I think for someone who's creative and expressive through makeup and stuff, to then also、um, to be able to write so well, do do you find that life experiences have given you a better flow of communicating that story to people? I was really willing to share my message and share my learnings,、mm-hmm. so I was really eager to write a book. I was helped by so many books myself as well. So when I was bored in the monk training, I started writing like ideas and things that I learned that can be、um, inspirational for the readers. So I kind of started preparing、um, at that stage as well. Yeah, it's for anybody 
who feels that they are different regardless of their sexuality, it's really easy to be pressured by the societal expectation of who we should be. And maybe you have your own interest or a direction that you want to go to, but you don't feel comfortable or confident enough to listen to your heart. So in that situation, I'm introducing a lot of Buddhist teachings and um, I'm talking about personal experiences that can help you and give you a boost. Um, when I saw you at the talk in London, you did introduce the idea, and I think it's in your book as well, the idea of a compliment battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I witnessed you do a compliment battle uh, in front of me with Khan. And mm. I guess for our listeners, and obviously, you know, listeners, you've got to get the book and read the entire thing. Um, and it, it will have this in it as well. So, but for our listeners, could you explain to us the idea of a co- compliment battle? Sure. So compliment battle is a game that I invented. Um, when I was in college, I tried to like myself. I tried to love myself, but I couldn't find anything that I liked about myself. So I thought that what if I uh, pair up with a friend who I trust and come up with this game? Okay, so I'm going to tell you 10 things I like about you Uh, something that I can see, for example, your hair or facial features or fashion, and 10 things that I cannot see, uh, maybe your personality or smell or voice or something like that. And we reveal like what we wrote for each other in the end, and let's see how that works. And then what I received was something like, oh, Koro, your voice is calming, or you have a nice head shape or um, I like your eye shapes and things um, that I didn't know, like the head shape of my head. I mean, the head shape, I didn't even know how it looked like or the eye shape. I didn't like it myself and I was and I was pushing so hard to make it bigger. But <laughs> there were people who were like finding it beautiful. So for me, it was a nice way to love myself even more And the more I did this game with more people, I was able to learn myself. I feel that people are like mirrors. So the more mirrors you show yourself to, different um, reflection comes back to you. And it's a great way to learn about yourself and like love yourself even more. So I introduced that um, game in my book. I think later after this, uh, I should try it. Yes. I don't think me and Spencer give each other compliments enough. It's <laughs> it's been an absolute joy to chat to you today, Kodo, and you must, must, must come and visit again soon. And I must, must, must be available when you're here. Um, yes. You said L- London in July, so I'll make sure I'm going to book the whole of July off work so that wherever you are, whenever you are, I'll be there. Um, and hopefully I can learn some makeup tips and also um, how to be a nicer person. From <laughs> Thank you, Koda, for joining us today. Um, and for our listeners, please buy the book, This Monk Wears Heels. Um, and could you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yes, it's on Amazon. It's also going to be available in German, French, Italian, Spanish, and Estonian. So if you are more comfortable in those languages, please wait a little bit. But if you are comfortable in English, it's already available. Do you narrate the audiobook? I mean, I narrated 
my audiobook. So if you want to enjoy the AMSR of my voice, <laughs> it's already there. <laughs> oh my God. I'm definitely getting on that as soon as this, <laughs> as soon as this recording is done. Thank you. Amazing. And do not forget to let us know that you have listened to the show on social media. We are on Instagram at queer underscore talk. And on Twitter, we are queer talk underscore. Until next time. Bye. bye. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.